Welcome to Podfluence, the podcast that helps coaches, consultants, and speakers grow influence and income with podcasts. My name is John Ball, and my mission is to give you, as a professional business coach or speaker, all you need to build professional influence and grow your following with podcasts so that you can have a thriving business and create raving fans. On this episode of Podfluence, is done truly better than perfect? And what's the power of imperfect action? My guest is Angela Henderson, and Angela is a small business consultant, author, entrepreneur, blogger, and mental health clinician with a wide variety of experience and self-made successes. She is anti-hustle, she's anti-perfectionist, and she helps small business owners navigate the challenges of building successful businesses whilst maintaining a life, and she passionately believes you can achieve that too. When you see or hear people like Pat Flynn, Chris Ducker, Harv Ecker, names you will hear mentioned in this episode, maybe even myself and Angela, I don't know, but when you see or hear people on big platforms speaking and wonder how could you possibly do the same, it's essential to remember that we were once where you may be now, we're just a few steps further along. We're going to talk about things like how you can work your way to a place at the table with six, seven or more figure business owners without imposter syndrome taking you out. We'll even have a bit of a chat about how podcasting is a long-term strategy, but why it is such a worthwhile one. There's a good chance you have your device in your hand right now. If you do, pick it up and go and make sure you are subscribed to the Podfluence podcast so that you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes and we've got some amazing guests coming up as well. That's it. This in itself was an amazing episode with much more value than I anticipated. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I know you're going to too. And with that said, let's get on with the show. Welcome to Podfluence, the podcast for business coaches and professional speakers who want to build audience and authority through podcasts. Here's your host, international coach and speaker, John Ball. But today I am very happy to welcome to the Podfluence virtual studio, my special guest, Angela Henderson. Angela, welcome to the show. Hey, hey, my friend, super excited to be here hanging out with you tonight, creating some magic. So yes, it's going to be awesome. I've so much been looking forward to speaking with you since our first conversation a little while ago when we got connected through our mutual friend, Nicole Baldini, who is an amazing person and people who tune into the show will already have encountered Nicole and know how amazing she is. Thank you, Nicole, for introducing us. Now, one thing I love about this is we're on other sides of the opposite sides of the planet right now, and we get to come on a call like this and have a conversation and hopefully get some great value to people. It's just one of my favorite things about being a podcaster. And that's, I think, one of the key benefits, right, is I think if you think about having to show up on stage by the time you, and don't get me wrong, I love a live event, right? But by the time you've got to book airfares, get travel insurance, time away from your family, then you're potentially jet lagged. I mean, the list goes on that podcasting is literally from the comfort of your own home. But in addition, the magnitude of connections that you can make and a a lot more efficient and speedier process than having to go and travel to 50 different, you know, events. So I am here for podcasting. and I think there's so many wonderful layers that we can talk about today. It allows us to be so much more productive as business owners, especially if you are a speaker. You can be in different countries doing speeches all in one day, 
without the jet lag. So, I mean, that that's pretty wonderful. <laughs> it's a bonus. <laughs> definitely. And so one of the things I definitely wanted to get into straight away, because like, the target audience for this show is the biz- business coaches, business speakers. And this is very much what you do. And you have a very particular niche, which I love, actually. And I want to get into a few things. About that. Tell us who you work with, who, who you help in your coaching. I mean, ultimately, I'm, I'm helping women of business to create more wealth is what I'm doing. And I'm doing that through personal strategy and by mastering their mindset. And specifically, I'm working with the online business space, particularly, obviously, service-based businesses. But I do also, once in a while, still work with doctors, lawyers, accountants, and things like that who don't have courses or aren't really in that online traditional space. And what I love is just the ability that the online world allows us to be able to coach such a variety of human beings from copywriters, mindset coaches, different spirituality modalities, et cetera. And so for me, it's as people look at me as a consultant slash coach, 75% consultant, 25% coach is that I'm here to really get a bird's eye view of your business. And I'm here to going, what do we keep? What do we let go of based on what's in alignment for them? So often I continue to see business strategy so cookie cutter and people wonder why they're in the same spot a year from now. I'm very big about going deep, looking at alignment, looking at what strategy will work for you and looking at things from home life, community and your business. Because if you only look at one thing in isolation, you're going to again set yourself up for self-sabotage because you can't have a business in isolation from the other things. So yeah, but ultimately working with women in business to make more money. Yeah. And one of the things that I noticed, and it's there in your LinkedIn profile for anyone who goes and checks that out, and I'll make sure there's a link to that in the show notes for people, but you've also been helping people who are maybe feeling a bit crispy from the whole experience, a bit burnt out by it all, and, uh, and working with the, the mindset to, I guess, to avoid that and to be able to have the success without that. How, how big an issue has that become for people? Well, listen, I mean, first of all, it's about how we define burnout. Typically when I see in, so I'm very big, I'm very anti-hustle. However, I do believe businesses still need to work hard in order to be able to hit the figures that they want. You just can't sit there and go, kumbaya, drop a Lamborghini on my ass, right? You still have to take action. You still need to have strategy, but it will still work. But I'm not against, I'm against when people are literally grinding 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because what I then see is, I'll rewind a little bit. I'm an ex-mental health clinician of 15 years. So I used to diagnose people with schizophrenia, anxiety, depression, bipolar, ADHD, et cetera. So I'm very familiar with what the signs are. So when I start working with entrepreneurs and I start seeing them in the hustle culture, I'm like, listen, you've got to make some choices because what will happen is you'll ultimately start off with stress. That leads into burnout and then it will lead into a full-blown mental health diagnosis. And I'm like, once your brain has an initial either psychotic break or a mental break, whatever that looks like for you is your brain will never fire off the same way. So you don't want to compromise how the brain is firing. So for me, is it's when I think about burnout, though, even though burnout leads to the full diagnosis, is often I ask the people that I work with is on a scale of one to 10, how burnt out are you feeling? 10 being the most and zero being not burnt out. And they're like six, seven, eight, nine, 10. And I'm like, okay, really burnout equals you're unaligned. So if you're unaligned, where in either your business, your whole life, are your community unaligned? In business, often where I see people are unaligned and they're feeling burnt out is they're creating courses, but they don't actually want to do courses. They're told to show up on Instagram or even to create a podcast, but that's not what they want to do. So I have to help people almost find themselves again and stop consuming all of this content and all this media where then they're left so confused that they try and start doing everything 
versus focusing on what's in alignment for them. So again, if you're right now feeling burnt out, I can guarantee you more than likely it has to do with your business model or you might be staying with a partner, for example, and you actually should be divorced. Okay, that's pretty drastic. But that's what happened with me, right? Or, you know, there's a community, you've got friends or family who don't actually understand entrepreneurship and every time you're around them, they're bringing you down and whatever. So that's how I look at alignment and, and the conjunction with burning out. Yeah, which is fantastic. And I think I've certainly walked a fine line sometimes between between sort of burnout and working hard. And so other than alignment, what's the difference between working hard and hustle mm-hmm. to you? So to me, hustle is where you compromise everything. You, it almost, the hustle becomes an addiction, in my opinion. Everything revolves around waking up, doing the next podcast, doing the next, doing speaking thing, doing the next, you know, like just you're grinding, 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 grinding. I believe hustle is when you start forgetting about the people you love the most. You start neglecting your loved ones, children, spouses, partners, moms, dads, whatever. You start eating bad, right? Because you're just hustle, like hustle, hustle. So when you do it, you're just driving to McDonald's or, or also the addiction side from an alcohol side, right? You're just, you know, you're working and you're throwing back a beer or, you know, you're on the cocaine. I see that often too, right? And it just keeps people up or the trim into marijuana to just zone out, man, right? And so for me, that hustle is, is if you start to get to hustle, normally I see a direct correlation with some sort of addictive type behaviors relationships starting to fall down and you're just your your overall spiritual mental and physical well-being is compromised mm. i think that's a great distinction and it's something that i've written about before so anyone and if you listen to this and also follows my blog will also know that i've spoken about this as well i think i i certainly say similar things in a different way but i really love how you how you sum that up there and i think that's a great distinction to make in terms of what you're doing now, to more of helping women particularly to create more, more money through their businesses, why has that become important for you? Why is that your target area? Yep. So let me first start talking about when I say helping women make more money. Hell yes, I want women to make more money. Why? Because I believe that and it, the data shows that when women make money, they typically will then redistribute it back into society whether or not that's through local society or like an international broader societal, do you know what I mean, output. And so knowing that is that's to me super powerful because significant change and impact can be made by that. All right. And this isn't just me picking on males. Like the data shows this. It's not me, Angela Henderson, making a quote up. It's the data. So I really want women to make a bigger difference in the world collectively. But when I also talk about women making more money, another thing that I talk often about on my own podcast too is about overall wealth creation. So often in the online business space, coaching space and speaking space, all we're doing is chasing the next dollar. Everything is about dollar, 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 dollar. And again, what happens is people forget about the other wealth bucket. And what I mean by other wealth buckets is their spiritual wealth, their mental wealth, their relationship wealth, their X, Y, and Z wealth, right? And then what happens then is again, they compromise their overall happiness because they're, they might be making six-figure months or doing seven-figure years or whatever. But again, their other wealth buckets are so depleted that they're actually unhappy. And I get, work with a lot of women who they show up and on paper, everything looks amazing, right? 
the car, the house is whatever, but they're the unhappiest people that you will ever meet. Why? Because their wealth distribution buckets are not firing. And when I also talked about women about making more money, the other thing too is again, I've already said this, but they associate it with like the online space. I'm also about women creating wealth as in revenue wealth and like, what's your investment property portfolio? What's your stock market? What are your NFTs? What are your cryptos? What is like, what else do you know I mean? Could you have? Because the online space, though there's an enormous amount of money to be made, we still have to be mindful that shit can change very quickly. So diversifying your wealth, revenue wealth, all right, can really be an advantage. But in the world we live in, a lot of us are not educated about these other wealth diversifications. We're not. We didn't get taught it. In, and this is men and women. We didn't get taught these things in school. So a lot of the women that I work with, they have accountants. Their books are, do you know what I mean? Everything's tickety-boo. But they're going from launch to launch, right? It's, and it's like, that can't be sustainable. And so again, it's, yeah, so that's, I know it's a couple of things there, but I think it's important for me to clarify. There's making money and revenue wealth, but then there's also establishing yourself for wealth as in revenue distribution into stocks or whatever. And then there's also understanding your overall wealth buckets and that wealth, holistic wealth is not just about money. It's about all those, again, spiritual well-being, self-respect, et cetera. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I remember that there is so, someone else that we're both connected with that we discovered last time that we spoke, yeah. Jesse Ecker. And, you know, I started working with his dad, Harv Ecker, years ago. Yeah. And and one of the things that, that Harv says is to be a success, you have to be a success in all of your areas. Because if there's yes. one area that isn't just one of your key life areas that isn't where it needs to be, it's going to pull everything else down and you're not going to feel good. And you know, that life balance isn't about having everything equal. It's about making sure you have everything as good as it can be in each of the areas and pay enough attention to all of those. So I really get that message. You're helping. It's wonderful that you're helping so many people and helping women particularly to do this. Where did that lesson come from for you? Did you have to go out and find this education or were you fortunate enough to find a mentor? For me, I mean, listen, I guess people always ask, what's your why? Why am I in business? Well, I'm in business also because I've seen what wealth did to my family. You know, my parents filed bankruptcy twice. We've got significant, you know, generational patterns that have been going on for centuries, right? And so, and we also have a thing called like, so it's like transgenerational wealth. My, I didn't speak, my mom, I don't speak to my mom. My mom doesn't speak to her mother. My mom didn't like my grandmother didn't speak to hers right so it's a two combination fold is i've seen what transgenerational wealth did to relationships in my family and i want to be able to create time and space that i can nurture my relationship with my daughter to break that pattern from happening for us but also for me it was like i saw what bankruptcy and gambling did to my family so i was like well what can i do to come in here and help more women to be the change for themselves be the change for their families and make a bigger impact with their money so I didn't learn. I didn't have any of these skills when I started. I had a master's, an undergrad in psychology, an undergrad in sociology, and a master's of social work. I was working with people who were suicidal and homicidal. And then I opened up one of Australia's leading educational toy stores. I became one of the leading influencers here in Australia. I worked with Netflix, Kohl's, Woolies, Hilton's, Club Meds, etc. And it was through that when I started to consult with people. And it was because of my passion about wanting to help more businesses to excel but that's where we, you know, where we are today. So, so you have compiled your own wealth of knowledge that you've built up through yes. what you've 
you tried and discovered and learned and what's worked and hasn't worked for you in investing in wealth creation for yourself. That, that's amazing. That's an incredible story. You're like, I, you, I knew nothing. Like I literally thought that when you press go on a website, people would start paying you. Like that's how naive I was. And it's like, no, you now have to drive traffic. I'm like, well, why don't people tell you you've got to drive traffic? Can't they just find you? But it was like, that's how naive I was to business, right? But the, it was over time that I started to go, well, if I don't know this knowledge, who does know the knowledge? Who knows the next steps? And women will come to me going, I need the next steps. I need the how-tos. So I've spent probably close now $800,000, not quite a million dollars, but probably close to $800,000 in mentoring, masterminds, traveling around the world to events, and getting in the room where I'm the dumbest person in the room, even though I'm knowledgeable. I'll, I've gone to the room where it's like I've had to be vulnerable and be like, man, like, for example, at time of recording, I'm about to fly over to San Diego for an event where by far, even though I make good money, these other people are making nine, ten million dollars a year. Like, I want to pull it like and that's the other thing is, uh, John, is I want to I've always pulled up a seat at the million dollar table. I was like, no, I deserve to be at this table just as much as anyone else. And even though I might not make the same amount as others. So many people will come to me for consultation because they're like, the way you see things is like a wizard. Even Jesse Edgar, did we have some? He's, he was a mentor of mine this last year. He's like, and she's like, you, it's like next level what you do, right? So for me is like, I learned the notion of pay to play. Yeah. Pay to play and work with people who are already further along and have been there and done that. Because when you pay to play, you pay attention. And I also believe that the transformation occurs when the transaction takes place. Even if you can only afford to go to a $10 event versus going to another free summit online, you you take better pride. You stand up a little bit more. You pay attention a bit more and you start to transform. And then once you make a little bit more, you, you might pay the $50 ticket. And then you might pay the $100 ticket. And then like that's what I did. And then all of a sudden, I was a pro blogger one year here in Australia. I met a guy by the name of Chris Ducker. He was doing a mastermind over in the Philippines. And I was like, how much is it? And Chris was like, it's like 10 grand. I was like, I don't have 10 grand, but can you do payment plans? And Chris was like, no, not really. But he's like, I think you're a good human. So then I like busted my ass to be able to get to the Philippines. And there's 50 amazing entrepreneurs from around the world. Nine of the like top entrepreneurs I've had the chance to encounter. We're in the pool drinking mojitas and like tossing a beach ball around. And that's when I was like the power of pay to play. Get in the room where you're the dumbest person and learn. Make it a priority to pay, even if you can only pay ten dollars, twenty dollars, etc. Because you will move so much quicker and faster. Like it's it's not even funny. Yes, that's, that's funny as well. The coincidences keep on coming. Chris is one of my mentors. He's a friend. He's been on the show. Uh, uh, so yeah, but wonderful that you should bring him up. I was chatting with his daughter Chloe just yesterday. Yeah. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Another great human being. Seven is why. I, I I love the I love the synchronicities. One between us. Yeah, that's it's just amazing. They keep coming. Angela, I wonder, moving to now, because one of the things that this show really is is about, the heart of it, I guess. I mean, the show is mainly about influence and persuasion, um, but we call it Podfluence now because it's about building that up through podcasting, about building your authority and building your business through podcast guesting and through maybe even having your own show. You do both of these things. And let's maybe start off with you as a podcaster. You started about five years ago. What got you into podcasting and what's your journey been like that? 
Yeah, so I went to a podcast. We are a podcast here in Australia, and I didn't have a podcast. John Lee Dumas was there. His wife was there. You know what I mean? They all were there. And I was like, what is this podcasting shit? And I was like, oh, this is cool. And I thought, by the time next year's epic, like, Dooming Conference comes around, I want to have a podcast launch. So I didn't know anything. I went and bought a mic for 200 bucks. I set it up. I spoke with a podcast VA team. I was like, all right, well, I guess we're in. I didn't even know how to launch it, but I was like, I believe that done is better than perfect. So I was like, let's roll. We're going to roll here. And one episode has now led to like almost 250 episodes. We're about to rebrand the podcast. And yeah, that a year from when I first found out even what podcasting was, I was then asked to speak at We Are Podcast. I was on stage with Pat Flynn, Steph Taylor, the variety of people. And I was only episode 14 at the time of that particular conference. And it was just fascinating podcasting has opened up my world in so many levels. It's made me a more confident speaker. It's allowed me to show my authority and my credibility in my space as an online business consultant and coach. But also for me, more importantly, it's allowed my voice to make impact. And the last thing that I would say that's been phenomenal is the amount of connections and network you can make. I believe your network equals your net worth. And once you have a podcast, in my opinion, you get to about episode 20, which doesn't seem like a lot, but it's almost a half a year is people are like even your biggest fans who you will think like they're never going to get on my podcast. Once they see that you've got some rhythm, you will, these people will just show up because they know how easy it is and they get to tell their story. They, you make them look like the hero. And so, yeah, the, the network that I've been able to create, that's how I know Omar and Nicole, you know, it's, it's phenomenal. And I believe if you're in alignment and you have a voice and you like to speak, I believe podcasting should be one of the primary things you infuse into your business right off the bat. Yeah, I think I think it's a valuable tool, especially for people who are in the coaching world as well. And, and I do want to specifically with that, if you could go back to the start of your journey as a podcaster, is there any advice you wish you could give yourself? Listen, I'm sitting here not being a dick, do you know what I mean? But it's like one of those things is like, I don't know if there is. And I say that because I think often that's what stops people from podcasting is we get the chatter in our head and then we don't do anything. And then the chatter comes again and then we get imposter syndrome and we don't do anything. So I'm actually proud of the Angela I was five years ago just to pull the trigger and do a perfect action. Do you know what I mean? So if there's, it's not so much would I have done anything different. It's more about just like, just fucking do it. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it will be one of the best assets you have for your business. You're, yeah. So that's not trying to be cocky or be in a dish way, but it's, I, I think we get in our heads so much and it stops people from actually producing an amazing podcast and enhancing their world and the people around them. I, I really like that answer because I think that's something that stops many people with many things, not just with podcasting, yeah, what that's saying. getting in your head or not being prepared to sort of start off sucking at it and, and not being perfect or good enough, especially when you hear like somebody might tune into this show and think, oh, you know, they, they know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. How could I do that? As that, well, I didn't when I started, you didn't when no. you started. If you, you can go back and listen to episode one of this show. I did not have a clue what I was doing <laughs> and, it, and it's very apparent. And yet we started the show. I got it started and kept going. And had no idea where it was even going. It wasn't a business thing. It was like a fun project. And then this sort of like, oh, this could actually be something. And yeah, but I kept, but I kept doing it. And really, for me, it's only been just looking back, seeing the growth, rather than wondering about whether I was good enough to start. I just thought, let's do it. 
I remember Pat Flynn, when he was speaking, he was closing keynote the year that I was speaking on stage with him. And I remember he played his first podcast episode and he's like, get ready for cringeness, right? And it's like, yo, yo, yo. And he's like, Mike, 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 yo, yo, yo. It's Pat Flynn here. Yo, it's pod. I don't, yo. And it was like, it's so cringeworthy. But I mean, Pat Flynn too started somewhere. And I think it's important that don't compare your chapter zero with someone like Pat Flynn or yourself or me, where they're at like a chapter 50, right? Just know that if you like it and it lights you up, the right people are going to listen to you. The right people are going to enhance your business. And again, you get the opportunity every single day or week or however many podcasts you're producing in a month to make significant change in the lives of human beings. It's not just about making more money. It's the change and the stories and the impact that you you will never know you're making because people won't subscribe, right? So if you're looking at vanity metrics, oh, people are subscribing. I hardly have any reviews. But you'll occasionally get the email and someone will say, I've been listening to you for the last six months. And what you did for me was X, Y, and Z. You know, it helped me exponentially. And then you go, that's why I'm here. So if you're looking for praise or you're looking for vanity metrics, it's the wrong thing to do. But if you're wanting to lead with your heart and if you're wanting to lead with impact and at the same time be profitable and make money, it's the right thing to do. Right. And and as you mentioned earlier, to sort of call back to the make sure this is something that's in alignment for you as well, not just something that you think, oh, everyone else is doing this. I should do this too, because maybe it's not part of your where you're going to shine if it doesn't feel right. 100%. And that's like when the women come into me and they're like on TikTok and they've got a, they're on episode two, whatever. And I'm just like, or they're on YouTube. I'm like, do you like having it? Like, do you want to do your makeup every day or whenever you're recording? And do you want to have to spend all this time? They're like, no. And I'm like, well, have you thought about podcasting? Because you literally can record without a video and you can just show up and still produce an amazing quality piece of content. Oh, you could do that. You don't have to be on video. Yeah, you get to choose how you record the audio. You don't have to repurpose video, right? They're like, oh, that sounds a lot easier. So I've actually moved a lot of people who were doing YouTube into podcasting. And as soon as they let, like, were able to detach from not feeling like they have failed because their YouTube channel didn't excel and they realigned with the audio, aka podcasting component, their podcast went off. And they're still podcasting today, two, three years later, because it's something they're in alignment with. And therefore, you're also more likely to stay consistent. And consistency to me is massive work when we're in, you know, if you think about being consistent on your social medias or consistent on advertising, whatever it is, consistency does play a significant role to your success. So choose something. If it's not podcasting, choose that one thing and execute it well. Like I said, we're about to rebrand the podcast here in the upcoming weeks from time of recording. And we're actually doubling down. So we'll produce one podcast episode per week where I bring on a guest or whatever, but we're also going to do an ask and section where people can submit their questions and I will answer those. Optimize what you already have. Quit chasing the shiny object. Don't then go, again, I need TikTok and Pinterest and YouTube. No, use what you already have and double down because you're going to scale a lot quicker because simplicity scales. Yeah. And I think that's that's a key message here now. The consistency thing is a really important part with this too. Whether whether it's having your podcast or whether it's being a podcast guest or both, understanding that results may take a little time to to show from your work. One hundred percent. Podcast is a long term dopamine strategy. If you think that you're going to start a podcast and the next thing you know you're either making a huge impact or not, I'm here to tell you, my friend, don't do it. Then 
like it's because by the time you get your rhythm, by the time you get your systems done, but like you, you just feel the vibe, right? And also too, depending on your niche market, for example, will also depend on how long people have to listen to you before they convert. Typically, our data shows about four and a half to six months before someone will convert and get on a call with me. So it's not because I'm not producing quality content. What happens is, is they say things like, oh, you were my mentor for the last four and a half to the mean six months or whatever. And now I'm ready to, for you to be my consultant. But if I was inconsistent and only producing one podcast episode a month, it probably would take them a year and a half to convert to me because they need multiple. Remember, people need multiple touch points from you. And so, yeah, so for me, it's like, yeah, podcasting is a long-term game, but also don't forget, you know, I remember going to social media marketing world and I speak to what Mike Selznow, who owns it one day. And what he said was, if he's going to, if he's going to decide on a speaker at his event and one speaker doesn't have a podcast and the other speaker does have a podcast, he's choosing the person with this podcast because they already know how to use their voice. They already know how to leverage, do you know what I mean? Impact, even though they might not be really polished on stage. He said most people can still fumble through it and be okay with it, right? So yeah, so podcasting and not to mention like the opportunities you get asked to go on summits, you get asked to, you know, do giveaways together, you get like asked to potentially do like take over people's Instagram account. There's so many opportunities that podcasting has, not even to mention if you choose to then monetize it. I haven't monetized it yet, but we are creating sponsorship packages for 2023 along with like inclusion and newsletter and a variety of other things to do a holistic approach to it. But our podcast now will play a big factor in how do we monetize this moving forward. Yeah. Now you mentioned that you're rebranding your show Mm -hmm. and I'm sure some, I'm sure plenty of people listening into this are going to want to check it out, especially as you mentioned, like who you're helping. Now I think some women in the audience are definitely going to want to check you out and and also maybe come and ask you some questions on your, on your Q and A show. Um, yeah. So let, let's. I, I think by the time this airs, your show may well be live. So with the rebrand. So mm-hmm. what's what's it going to be called? How can people come and find it? Yeah. So the current one is called the Business and Life Conversations Podcast, and I guess I start with that, John, because don't be afraid to adapt your podcasts, right? Because you might have grown and you may have just evolved, and as you've evolved, your podcast has changed. Don't underestimate the power of doing the impact that you can still have and being brave to do that. So I start with that. And the podcast now is, I used to work with e-com businesses and service-based businesses. And so the Business and Life Conversations podcast draws in a lot of e-com businesses, but I'm no longer working with them. So I'm doing all this work, but it's actually not necessarily an ROI with the right clients. So I've now rebranded to the Angela Henderson Online Business Show, where we focus on business ma- business strategy, mindset, and wealth creation. So yeah, so yeah. And I just think it's going to be, it's more specific. It's, it's more down the pipeline. It speaks specifically about business because I work with a variety of different types of business owners. So yeah, so we've rebanded to, yeah, the Angela Henderson Online Business Show. That's fantastic. Well, I wish you every success with that show. And definitely, I will have links to your podcast in the show notes so people can easily go and check that out, visit the show notes. Whilst you're there, make sure you subscribe to this show as well as Angela's and, and check us out. I want to move into one more thing, which is podcast guesting, because I'm delighted that you agreed to come and be a guest on my show. And this conversation has already been amazing with so much value. And so even when, even though I had a sense of that you were going to be a great guest last time that we connected, the reality is surpassed my expectations. So thank you for that. What? What has been the best things to come for you from being a guest on other people's podcasts? 
Oh, goodness me. I reckon I'm clocking up about 150 guest shows to me in the last couple of years. I love it, right? Like I cannot emphasize enough. One, again, I love the connection and the network. Two, I love that I get to share my story in my pajamas, right? Without having to go there. But three, I also love podcast guesting because in the show notes, I have a very strong SEO strategy and I make sure that I use my keywords in people's show notes to, in order to get backlinks back to my website, which helps Google identify that I am someone to do you know I mean of authority and they start to rate me better. So then I go to page one, spot one, page zero, you know I mean, spot two or whatever it is based on my keywords. So if you leverage podcast guesting with an SEO strategy, it's also brilliant because then you're not having to pay for do you mean other, do you mean additional SEO strategy tactics? You could already leverage what you're already using. Mm, I, I like the sound of that. And that is something I haven't heard very much about. As like a lot of, I've been in podcasting and I even work within a podcasting training company. Don't hear that much about SEO in podcasting. And, and so where, where has that strategy come from? How could people who are looking to do this utilize that SEO strategy? Mm -hmm. The first thing is, is you're either going to want to figure out what your keywords are. So for example, in the show notes, one of my primary keywords is business coach. Another keyword is keynote speaker. And another keyword is podcast. I can't, something or other. I don't have it in front of me. So when someone finishes a podcast, John, you'll get it from me, is in the show notes is I'll say, hey, John, these show notes are really lovely. I have a really strong SEO strategy. And so I always wait to talk to the guest until after I add value to their show until after it's been published, because I don't want to be a difficult podcast guest and being like Mariah Carey diva. But once I build the rapport and I add value, they're so gracious with it. They're like, oh my gosh, yes, my team and I will get on it. So I'll say in the opening paragraph, can you say international business coach? And can you hyperlink business coach to my homepage? Comma keynote speaker. Can you hyperlink the word keynote speaker to my keynote speaker page? The whatever my last one is. And then what happens now is, is I have, say, 50 backlinks from 50 other websites. So Google goes, well, hold on. If 50 websites all are saying she's a business coach and all are saying she's a keynote speaker, she must know what the hell she's doing. So we're going to start to rank her for those keywords because she's got she's building authority from other people versus just using business coach on my website. So it's like on-site SEO, off-site SEO. And so, yeah, and we've got about five or six different like little phrases we'll give to the podcast interviewer. And so that we're not all just like, you don't want to keyword saturate things either. And so we'll just like alternate those to, so that we're spreading those backlinks across multiple keywords. So yes. that That's a great strategy, one that I'm going to employ. Uh, and I'm sure anyone listening to this who's doing podcast guesting should definitely make some notes about that and make sure that you have that in your strategy if it's not already there. What have been perhaps some of your most interesting or enjoyable experiences as a guest? Oh, I mean, other, listen, other than this show, right? <laughs> other than the show. I mean, listen, I, I think it's just about how you can just talk about so many things. Sometimes it doesn't have to be about business. Like, so for example, obviously I'm a business consultant, but like I've been asked to be on like five different divorce podcast episodes over the last little while too. So I asked my husband for a divorce on Christmas day. Those listening might be like, God, you're the biggest douchebag ever. But again, it, I didn't want to go into another year, right? I have a say, whatever you are not changing, you are choosing. So here I was saying this to my clients, but not being true to it myself. So whatever you're not changing, you're choosing. I remember on Christmas Day, my husband did one last thing that kind of put me over. And I remember going to the bathroom and I was crying and I looked at myself. And I said, not this year. 
this year, we, do you know what I mean? And so I walked out and obviously on for the kids. I said, you've got till March to go. Now, I never in my wildest dreams thought that people would hear my story on my podcast or hear, like, I would, like, you know, talk about it in like a blog article or whatever. And they're like, will you come on the podcast? Because my husband, my ex-husband lives 20 seconds from my front door. He comes over for Christmas. He comes over for birthdays. He still uses my freaking washing machine every Sunday to wash his clothes. Okay. Right. But and society wants divorce to be hard. Now, I caveat, there was no affair. There was no drug addiction. There was, do you know what I mean? There, like, it was, it, it was a cleaner divorce. Again, I don't know what it's like to have if someone has an affair. So I understand it can be hard. But also, he's an easygoing guy. I'm an easygoing girl. So it's been actually relatively easy. So when people hear my story, they're like, can you come on my podcast? Can you talk about this? So even though it's not probably going to drive me traffic as a business consultant, I still get to use my voice and talk about a variety of other things that are still going to help people, even though that's not what, you know I mean, my podcast is about. So that's what it's been. And I've met some amazing, most beautiful humans from being able to share my story. Yeah. So when it comes to appearing on podcasts, like, a lot of people would take the strategy of really only looking to appear on shows that perhaps are to their target audience, to their particular avatar or demographic. But mm -hmm. you decided that that's not essential for you or, or is that something? No, I decided that it feels, so I'd say 85% of my are still, because I also believe about what's my ROI and I'm very big about intention, showing up with intention. But I'm also big about giving back to community. And if my story can help someone else, I'm all not all about a return on investment. I'm about leading with value first and everything else I believe will happen from the way that it will work, right? And don't underestimate that just because you're talking to a show of people who, you know I mean, are women who have equally just going through a divorce, don't underestimate that they might be in business or they might be in a nine to five job, but their best friend is, it just opened up her business and she needs help. Don't underestimate that who's or don't assume who's listening is not actually going to ever help you. They might not buy from you, but they might go, this lady was phenomenal. Go and just check her out. And then next, you know, they start to do the marketing for you. So again, that reduces me having to work on funnels or, you know, I still have funnels, but you're not then as heavily reliant because other people are doing the heavy lifting for you. Yeah, hey, Absolutely. I often will recommend coaches and speakers, if, especially if they don't have a podcast of their own, to start by going on podcasts as a guest. Hell yes. Uh, Hell yes. Because I think that's a great place to... Uh, and But I also think the thing that you mentioned earlier about getting your head, those can be things that can stop you from doing the guesting stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and you, know, I, you are a very experienced guest now. I'm a somewhat experienced guest. I don't go on as many shows as you do, but I'm working on changing that, actually, because yeah. I... I I know how valuable it is to be a guest on other people's shows. And, and I wonder, now I've had to learn a few things about being a guest on other people's shows. What are the things that you had to learn to, to help you show up as a great guest? My thing is, is that I think you saw this when you and I spoke initially, is that it's someone else's show. Let me just repeat that. It's someone else's show. So what can I do of service for your show, for your listeners to get the most value out of that time that they're listening to you and I? It's not about me going and talking about my next funnel or come buy my book or come and do this. No. What does the interviewer need for his or her show and how can I lead with value first? Check your ego at the door. Stop doing things just because you want the next transaction or you would not want the next dollar. There's a great book called The Go-Giver by Bob Berg and John David Mann where they talk about the five laws of strategic fear at success. And ultimately what they say is lead with value and you'll become profitable. And that's what I say when you're a podcast guest or when you've 
take over someone's social media account or you write a blog. Lead with value first and the world, whatever you believe, God, the universe, Hindu, whatever, will re- it will come back to you tenfold. But check your ego at the door is what I say and make sure that you're there to provide for the interview and his show and her show, not what you, not your agenda. Yeah, I particularly like that as anyone who has a podcast probably knows that you're likely to receive multiple applications a week for people who want to be on the show yeah. where from people who are just like, here's why I'm, here's why I'm wonderful. Here's why my client is a wonderful guest for your show. They've done this, 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 and this. It's like, well, okay, <laughs> but what, why, why should I care? Why should my audience care? Well, how is that relevant to me or my show or what I do? A, a lot of people miss that. It's like, it's not about that. It's like, you might be the most amazing guest, but I don't know how you're going to add value for me or my audience. And that's what I need to know. And and it's one of the key reasons why why I always have a, a like a pre-interview chat so we can connect and create a bit of rapport, but also we can plan out what we're going to talk about, and we know we know what we're that we're going to be doing something that's valuable by the time we get to recording an episode. And I know too, like sometimes it will be a no. I remember I was like did a pre-interview with one person one time, and I said the word fuck, and she said, "Do you say that often?" And I said, "Well, sometimes it just flies out of my mouth." And she said later on, she said, listen, she's like, I appreciate your time. She's like, however, she's like, um, you're not the right caliber for my show. Okay, well, I could have cried or boo-hooed, but respect that it's her show and her rules. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. She didn't say that. She's just saying for her show and her boundaries, I wasn't the right person, right? And that's okay. I still get to be me and I get to show up as authentically me and some people will like it and others don't. That's the beauty of the repel and attraction model, right? I repel yeah. a lot of people because I'm very blunt and to the point, but I also believe life's too short to sugarcoat things and fluff around where other people, they're happy to sit in the fluff, not me. So just know that if you start looking at guesting, you're going to get way more no's than you are yeses. But what I can tell you is a wonderful strategy is that once you get your own podcast up and going, you find out who else has podcasts and you do swaps. And it almost nine times out of 10 is an ultimate hell and yes, I'm in. Because people see the mutual benefits of swapping on established shows that have already been going during six, six months or more type scenarios. So again, I, I encourage you, if the podcast is right, the benefits again outweigh itself. Yeah. I, I've spoken with a few people who talked to me about, the, they've actually tracked how much business has, has come to them through their podcast appearances. Do, do you have an idea what that is for yourself? Listen, we try to start tracking and... Again, this isn't being cocky, but because the amount of shows I've been on, it's very difficult to track it because sometimes people have heard me on multiple shows. Sometimes people heard this. I heard you on a podcast guy in the UK. Don't remember who, but I knew, but I knew your name. Right. And so I knew to Google you and I was like, okay, yep, cool. So it's very difficult. We can, we have on an onboarding call. And when we pre-qualify people, when they work with us, how did you hear about us? Google podcast, guest podcast. But it's, it's quite hard for them a lot of times to give us the specific podcast. Yeah, no, it's, it's fair. It's fair enough. It's just good. But you, but you certainly know that it has provided benefits to you. 100%. So when they take the box, I've heard you on a guest podcast. And that typically falls right underneath my own podcast. That's an indicator to me that data doesn't lie. And so it's like, do more of that. And so again, don't go and start my own TikTok show. Don't go into YouTube. If podcasting is where it's at, let me double down and optimize that. Hence what we're doing with ours, releasing two shows versus one now. 
just optimize what you've already got. You don't have to keep more. Again, I'm going to say simplicity scales. Yeah. Other than having people come and follow your, your podcast and your rebranding show, what's one piece of action you would love people to take from having listened to our conversation? I would love people to go back and look at all the things they're doing and generally assess what's bringing them alignment, ease, flow, and ROI. Because most people won't go and reflect on what's working for the business and not working for the business. They just keep moving to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Take an hour of your time and look at all the things that you do on a daily basis, weekly basis, and number it from one to 10. 10, this is having impact, zero, it's not. And start calling things. Don't add more. Start calling things and double down. Because if you don't know where the return on investment is for your time, because time is the one thing that you cannot buy back in the world. It's the one thing you can't buy back in the world. So start to identify the efficiencies in your time and where the ROI is coming back. Because until you assess that, you're just going to keep chasing the next thing and chasing the next thing, doing more, doing more. Doing less is going to get you where you need to go. But unless you look at the data and look at the ROI, you're never going to know. Yeah, fantastic. Great advice. For those who are thinking, I would really like to work with Angela, you'll be you'll find links to get in touch through the show notes and certainly do go and check out the podcast and they can come and ask you questions, right? With your new show that they can- uh, 100%, yep. So, yep, so we're putting the link on the website. So again, if you've got a question, ask Ange and you also will get a shout out. So I will say like, hey, this is Angela Henderson from you know, angelahenderson.com.au. She's a business consultant. She helps people do da 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 tuning in for, or you know, asking her question from France. And then I'll say, this person's question is this. So also, like I said to people when we started to market this, is it also helps them with getting backlinks from my website and the show notes back to them. They get a shout out and they again do even get their question answered. So if you do need, you know, you've got any business questions, make sure to submit a question for us to be able to answer that on the show. Fantastic. Well, I knew that your intention on coming on the show was to provide value. You have provided bucket loads of it, more than I could have expected. It has been an absolute delight to speak to you. What an in, some incredible stories, incredible achievements, and, and the work you're doing is fantastic. And I have nothing but admiration. I'm so happy that you came to be a guest on Podfoods. Thank you. Gosh, well, thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate you, your wholesomeness, and just yeah, your awesomeness to get, again, the voice out through podcasting. So here's to many more podcasts. So yes, look forward to cheering you on. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Podfluence. In this episode, we've learned that hustle really means being out of alignment and why it's important that women are making money, how to earn your seat at the high earners table, and the immense value of imperfect action. Maybe a few more things besides. I don't think anyone could have listened to that conversation without taking away at least one piece of high value. And if you did, I encourage you to go and check out Angela's website. You'll find the link for that in the show notes and take a listen to her newly rebranded podcast show. Remember that if you put your questions to her on the show, she's going to credit you and give you some backlink love, which sounds a little ruder than I meant it to. However, if you want to become a top 1% podcast guest and have some podcasts of your own, download my free ebook so that you can start building authority, following and profits from podcast guesting in less than an hour. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes. I will look forward to catching up with you again on another episode of Podfluence. Wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, have an amazing rest of your day. Go and make great things happen.